Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our segment, The Journey of Young Onset. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser, and I'm here with my co-host, Brian Baker. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Brian. Um, And we have a special guest with us today. Did you know? The new crown carrier. The new crown carrier, Samantha Anderson. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And why do we call her that? Because she's the youngest one in the in the current group with us, so it went from I think it went from me to you to to her. And how old are you now? I am forty six. I'm forty, and you are thirty six. Oh, she's ten years younger than you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, so Samantha, thank you so much for joining. Um, So obviously, Samantha has young onset Parkinson's, just like we do. And you were just diagnosed last year. I was diagnosed in twenty twenty, right in the heart of COVID. Oh. Wow, what a great time to be diagnosed, right? Well, it actually wasn't too bad because I got to test out the medication oh, that's without cool. without being at work because it made me nauseous and things yeah. like that. So Ooh. I looked at the upside of it. Yeah, oh, that's a glass half full. Yeah. So we'll get to that. That's actually really good, um, good something good that we can discuss. But, um, but I, our discussion today is really just about the diagnosis journey. Um, what we go through as young onset patients, but then even more specifically, if we want what we go through as women, um, because there's definitely not many of us. Um, Just to kind of kick things off, I thought I'd at least share my story with you because we met, but there's so much more that we get to talk about. Um, When I was diagnosed, I had so many things happen um, right at, at once. So I got on medication, but I was tweaking it constantly in the beginning. I had a roller coaster of emotions of like, feeling down, depressed, to feeling like I got this, to then down again. Um, I started incorporating exercise into my daily routine. I talked to family and friends, coworkers, eventually my kids. We, my husband and I looked seriously at our retirement plans, like mm-hmm. what we wanted to do in our future, et cetera. Um, I sat on my front porch rocking in a chair, I think for three months straight, just like gazing out, trying yeah. to figure out what's going on with my life. Um, cause I didn't know if, if at some point I'm going to be a wheel in a wheelchair sooner than I would have ever expected. So, um, finally it did take me a while though, to realize that I don't have to know and understand everything that's going on all at once because one, we are the age we are and we have time to figure this out. It's not like every single symptom is going to come attack us immediately all yeah. at one time. So anyways, the, 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 whole fir- the whole first year, I remember thinking, you know, there's questions I had um, about being young, but then also being a woman. I'm like, I just want to find somebody out there who is like me, who, um, who has a career, who is in their 30s, because I was in my 30s when I was diagnosed, um, you know, married, has kids, doesn't have kids, just, you know, in that same boat of the situation. And there's people you can meet on Facebook and yeah. And stuff, but like meeting them face to face is totally different. So, when we got to meet you last year, I was so excited. Yeah, so, I think we were Facebook friends. Yes, for we, a very long time before we, we started met. off as Facebook friends. So, um, but now let's hear about your story. So, when you were diagnosed during COVID, and how did that come about? Yeah. So, um, 
it was probably early 2019 and I was just I was taking notes I'm a financial planner so I'm mm-hmm. taking notes and in, in my um, client meetings and I I can't read my handwriting anymore and it was just odd to me um, and then um, I actually was using two hands on my mouse I think we have a similar story yeah. Brian yeah um, and I, I almost didn't like realize I was doing it. I remember my manager walking by and he's like, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I think I have carpal tunnel. That's exactly, oh. that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah. yeah so, so I went to uh, my physician just at like my yearly physical mm-hmm. and was like, you know, I'm um, having, you know, this symptoms and, but it doesn't hurt. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's carpal tunnel. Um, and I thought it was like a medication problem. Like mm-hmm. one of the medications I was on was just making me do that. But they mm-hmm. said it would be both sides if that, if that was a medication cause problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, then she referred me to a, I waited till, um, 2020, um, because I wanted to start new with a deductible and get like, if I was diagnosed, like <laughs> it's funny how health insurance just guides yeah. us. It does. Um, so I got an MRI, um, in early 2020 and that came back, um, negative for anything. It was Mm -hmm. back, it was normal. Um, so she sent me to a neurologist and MDS and I was so grateful that I had a movement disorder specialist and he actually diagnosed me over FaceTime. So my husband, so it was in April, April of 2020. And so what happened was, um, he just had my husband hold the phone and I walked, I wrote some things and he diagnosed me right there on the spot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so I was kind of expecting it, um, because I had, you know, researching and everything already. And I'm like, I have every one of these symptoms, but there's no way I have Parkinson's like, you know, so yeah. So I started medication right away because he was, he was saying, you know, if the, there's no like test you can do, mm-hmm. but if you start on the carbidopa levodopa and it works, then you probably have Parkinson's. So, so did both of you start medication right away? I started on Repinerol. I didn't start carbidopa levodopa until just six months ago. And you started? See, I my my neurologist said you come to me. My movement disorder specialist said you tell me when you want to start medication. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't start for like the first year, year and a half. I had it for a year and a year and a half before I started it. Okay. And then I found I was so rigid. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I need medication. So you both started it right away then. Yeah. It was part of feeling out and knowing that I had. I was going to say, some, some of them I hear do it just to as, as a test. But my um, MDS, she, she said I could start on it. So she was kind of the same way your, your doctor was of like, you can start on stuff. But I started low on just yeah. Repinerol. But are you still on Carbidopa Levodopa then? I am. But after we tested it and it worked, he was like... That's pretty much a clinic, how, a diagnosis, and he gave me the option to continue on it. How long did you have to be on it for him to know? Um, well, we we gradually went up in dosage, so mm-hmm. um, it was probably two months, and I okay. felt it working. Yeah. So. so when you found out, like, I mean, even though you did your own research and you thought it could be that, what were your like initial? fears, thoughts, processing? Um, my initial one was, when am I going to be in a wheelchair? 
And, you know, I'm a financial planner, so I have to have everything planned in my life. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I got this diagnosis of a disease that has no, like, forecast, Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen, is kind of crazy. So um, that was my biggest fear, is I just wanted someone to tell me how much time I had left before I was in a wheelchair. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to come much sooner, but then I see, you know, people at the gym that have had it for years, and it really, like, gets my hopes up that it'll last longer um and um my other fear was who's going to take care of me i am married but mm-hmm. women live a little longer than men and sorry <laughs> i got 10 years on her don't worry. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go way before both of you yeah, yeah so i'm just um that was my biggest concern is if he if my husband passes away before me what what am i gonna what am i gonna do mm-hmm. so and you have a stepdaughter right i do okay yeah it's, How old is she? She will be 12 next month. Okay. Oh, okay. So our kids are all the same age. Yeah. Okay. Do you have other family like close by and did you talk to them about it? Um, so I'm pretty close to my in-laws. So um, we we didn't tell them right away. Um, it was like always a wrong time in my mind to tell them like it's Thanksgiving. Who wants to ruin Thanksgiving? It's Christmas. <laughs> well, then it's grandma's birthday and it was finally like... I'm like, we have to tell them, mm-hmm. Todd. Like, we have to do that. And and they've been very supportive. My mother-in-law attends, like, webinars and researches oh, and awesome. everything. So, yeah. And did you tell your stepdaughter? Yes. And she actually knew it before I told her. Really? I thought, I'm going to hide it from her because she's kind of an anxious person. And But she notices, like, when we were taking off Christmas lights and Mm -hmm. doing things around the house, I can't, like, screw things Mm -hmm. on. So, um, yeah, I ended up telling her, because she was asking a lot of questions about it, and I I said, do you know what Parkinson's is? And um, I actually bought this book for her. Um, It's called Shaky Hands. I see it. Yeah. Because I did not get anything for my kids. This might be helpful. That's great. I didn't know that was even existed. Yeah, so she's a physician, and she actually has Parkinson's. She was diagnosed at age 27, I believe. This woman? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so that book is, it helped, my daughter read the whole thing, and it just helped her understand a little better. Mm -hmm. My my favorite part in that book is how they explain bradykinesia. Okay, can you explain that? Because I feel like we we were talking about definitions. We're like, we need to have a word of the day. Yeah, so um, that's my biggest symptom, and it's just slowness. Okay. So I don't have a tremor quite Mm -hmm. yet, but I'm just slow at things. Um, And it described it as, um, imagine you're moving in a pool Mm. and, like, trying to move your arms underwater and Mm -hmm. stuff. And I thought that was a really good description of, of what that is. Do they talk about the fact that it will continue to get worse? Yeah. In a, do they say it in a decent way so that the yeah. kids, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, my son is, is a senior in high school, but I still think just looking at that, that might be something for, like you said, it break, that breaks it down mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and help him understand. I even learned some things reading it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, even just like doing this podcast, that's why we want to do it is just to break things down and make it easy so that we, we know... Like, again, I thought I was going to be in a wheelchair, too. It's like, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It might not even happen when we're 80. Yeah. Half the people in our workout class are 80, and they're not in wheelchairs. But it's like, how do you explain it, bringing awareness that 
you can live with part you can live well with parkinson's if you take care of yourself yeah um yes there could be things that happen or, or get worse for others but um there's things that you can control and that's why i feel like we yeah. always keep in touch with i feel like one of the best things that comes from parkinson's is learning i've had to learn how to live in the present so it's oh, like yeah. day by day i've always been a planner and it's like you kind of have to take it day by day right. some days are good some days are bad and You'll start over in, tomorrow. In the first year that I had Parkinson's, I was consumed with it. It, oh. it took me over my life. Every thought I had was Parkinson's. Every minute of every day, I was thinking about Parkinson's. Yep. And literally, I just woke up one morning and I said, I'm not living today. I'm missing out on mm. living today because oh, yeah. I'm worried about Parkinson's. And I just, in, like, in a moment, I just snapped and I was like, this is, I can't, and I, and I don't and I don't think about it anymore. Uh, you know, I was like, it's just part of me now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I had a little longer. Mine was probably a year and a half, but... You know, I was like, I don't even know like how long I can work, but I'm like, my my employer is working with me really well, and so um, it's it's gone really well, and I've yeah had to learn how to live in the present, but I'm finally to that point where I don't think about it every minute of every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that too is medication helps with that because yeah. I was in the same boat, but then last year I got off medication. And then I was constantly moving, so I'm like, it's I can't stop thinking about it. But now it's like I'm I'm with you guys. It's like yeah. it's not consuming every part yeah. of me. Yeah. So is there anything that you would do different, knowing like what as you were diagnosed that you wish you would have handled differently or known? I wish I would have thought about long-term care insurance um, earlier, mm -hmm. um, because now that I'm diagnosed, I. I can't pass underwriting to get that and that's really important so yeah. um i wish i would have thought about that that's a good one to think about okay well great well thank you again so much for coming on we really appreciate having you um i love having you on too as a young onset parkinson's patient but it's always fun to have a woman too so in our last 30 seconds i'll leave you with this if you or someone you know has been diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease, urge them to reach out and find a community of other Parkinson's patients if they haven't done so already. There are YOPD resources out there like the Michael J. Fox Foundation, the Parkinson's Foundation, Young Onset Parkinson's Network, and many others. Once you put yourself out there, hopefully you'll find a patient just like you. It might not happen overnight, but it is a lifelong disease. We've got time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is produced by Melissa Carlson and Steve Brandenburg. To contact us, email info at thesecretlifeofpd.org. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. You are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.